of Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the live LakersNation.com postgame show. Oh boy, the Lakers just completely no-showed against the Boston Celtics. Rough one. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. As you guys can see, I'm wearing green because my guest tonight is Keith Smith, that we did have a bet on the game that whichever team won, whether it was his Celtics or my Lakers, uh, the other person would have to wear the opposing team's color. So I'm I'm rocking the green for right now. Keith, how are you doing, man? Um, I think better than you tonight. I have uh, I've got a pile of purple laying on the the other desk in our office here that i'm glad i'm not having to wear so uh, i I did wear this special for you tonight it says we beat la (laughs) that's a uh, 2008 title shirt and i uh, will say i'm happy mostly that i fit in it so that's a that's That's a a plus uh, that i still fit in that shirt so yeah, yeah, a 13-year-old shirt, and I nice. still fit in it. I'll, I'll take uh, it. Guys, if you don't know, Keith and I co-host the NBA Front Office Show, which you can see the link in the description down below. Uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, I would highly encourage you to. We cover the entire NBA. That's right, a Lakers fan and a Celtics fan, and we get through just fine and <laughs> uh, and manage to get through everything. But I got to say, uh, Keith, I'll admit I am actually kind of embarrassed to have you on this, this show right now and to have hyped this up so much. <laughs> And to have talked about, you know, what a, a game this was going to be and everything, kind of embarrassed by what we saw out of the Lakers tonight. And I know a lot of fans are kind of feeling the same way. I'm like, man, I, this was the game. Like, okay, Keith is going to watch the Lakers. We're going to be, we're going to be going back and forth. It's going to be so much fun. And then to have the team do what they did tonight. Um, there's a lot that we have to talk about. There's a lot of things we're going to break down tonight, but I think number one, oh, number yeah, one I, is your, your video is, is jumping all over the place right now. I will fix that in just a second, guys. But number one is uh, okay. the complete lack of effort <laughs> from the Lakers. Yeah, that's weird. What What is going on? Here we go. I'm sliding yeah, out I'll, of the corner uh, here, I'll but that's it, all right. Just give me, just give me a I'm second. in the corner like Grant Williams spot. <laughs> uh, I, you know, if we could have gone through all the ways tonight might have gone, this would have been the least likely that I would have expected yeah. was a, a Celtics blow. And I thought this was probably going to be a close game. I, I think both teams were uh, going to be back and forth with each other. I, that that was my, my assumption is we would have seen a back and forth game. Both teams have struggled quite a bit yeah. in certain areas, and I, and I thought that's what it would be. In for most of the first quarter, that's what it looked like we were going to get. Uh, second quarter, Celtics really turned it on, and then then we'll see where it goes from there. And now it really in the second half, Boston just they they came out with a sense of urgency that the Lakers didn't match. They they were all. I knew the Celtics were going good when Jason Tatum got the offensive boards a couple yeah. times in a row, uh, that doesn't happen. So that is a, uh, you know, that, that is uh, not really a great sign. If you're a Lakers fan, if Jason Tatum's getting inside uh, for you on offensive rebounds and from Celtics side, this is the Jason Tatum Celtics fans have wanted to see for a month now is put your head down, go to the basket over and over and over again. And he did that throughout the second half. I just tweeted at Boston at 56 yeah. points in the paint in this game in 30 of them came in the second half. So that's, uh, you know, just a sign that they had no fear of attacking the Lakers. Uh, at the yeah. I mean, they, they went right inside every single time uh, or just about right. They were, they were just driving to the basket and, the Lakers, well, they've they've done this a little bit this season where we've seen as soon as a team punches back, 
the Lakers have folded largely. And, and we've seen that happen a number of times where the Lakers get a lead. They come out, they're feeling good. As soon as a team starts to punch back, they go, oh, whoa, whoa. Okay. Okay. Oh, you guys want to win this? Okay. Go ahead. You guys, you guys go ahead. And we just haven't seen that willingness to fire back once another team starts to respond or adjust to what they're doing. And it's not, part of it is an X's and O's thing. Part of it is that, and I know you were, you were calling out some stuff mm-hmm. that the Lakers were doing, and you're not somebody who watches the Lakers game in and game out, but you noticed some of the things that the Lakers that were just mind boggling. I'm like, on one end, especially in the second quarter, on one end of the floor, the Celtics were just switch hunting. Just every possession down, okay, put Dwight in pick and roll and then ISO him and go one-on-one. Or put Malik Monk in pick and roll, ISO him, go one-on-one. And then on the other end, the Lakers just went, oh, you want to keep Ennis Cantor on the floor? Okay, cool, no problem. We we, we don't want to pick on him. We'll be nice to him and we won't go at him. Um, <laughs> we saw a lot of that. Yeah, it's it's maddening. I, I, don't, I didn't understand that. I also don't understand the... What Boston can get away with with Cantor is one, if, if it's a complete non-factor mm-hmm. of a big man uh, and a guard is not going to attack, or if you just want to straight post him up, that's the one thing he can actually defend. He's yeah. very strong and he's pretty rugged down there. Uh, it, 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 you know my feelings. I love Anthony Davis. I think he's an unbelievably skilled player. He's not going to move Ennis Cantor. It's just not going to happen. And they ran, I want to say it was in that run between Q1 and Q2, Cantor played 10 straight minutes. Boston was plus 11 during that time. And Cantor, he's not popping no. out of the box scores, doing anything during that period. But the Lakers didn't go at him at all. They, they, the only times they did, they ran three straight post-ups for AD. And that's not, that that's just bad basketball. You you can't do that. You that's a spot where put Russ in pick and roll and let him get downhill against Cantor and you'll kill him. You'll play him right off the floor. That becomes the can't play Cantor uh situation there. And it just just never happened. It was nothing that they ever went to. And that was very weird to me because that's not it's not like that's not a part of the game. Russ yeah. can do that. So I just didn't understand this idea of you know go and then in the second half, Russ gets kind of jumper happy. Boston's content. If they lost because Russ made 10 three-pointers and scored 40 points, so be it. You tip right. the cap and you move along. They, they're not, they'd rather that than anything out of LeBron. Oh, the, the crowd was was uh, encouraging Russ to shoot the threes yep. out there. And that's also something that we've seen happen. Once things start to go bad, Russ will try to shoot you back into it and things can snowball from there. Now we saw some good things from him too. There were some moments where he attacked the rim, sometimes where he was quick on a second jump for a rebound and things of that nature. But we also saw what, well, what in my chat is mentioning, what Lakers fans have largely seen, where once things start to get bad, they stop. And we saw that a lot in the third quarter where they just went, oh, okay, we're going to go ISO on offense. We're going to take long jumpers and they're going to be early in the shot clock, and we're definitely not going to attempt to attack the basket. We saw a lot of that out of the Lakers where they just kind of settle, and then on the defensive end, you see the initial effort, but no second or third effort in terms of the rotation or, or anything like that. And again, the Celtics did a very a very great job of just every time, if it was Monk on the floor, if it was Dwight on the floor, if it was anybody where they had an advantage, they went, okay, that guy, screen roll, get the switch, and then go at him. And uh, the Lakers just never really adjusted to that. Uh, by the way, we do have a yep. few segments on this show, which I, I should have told you about ahead of time. But uh, the segments that we have oh, that's all right. are the 360 Award, which is the best of the Lakers stars on the night for you know LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, which one we thought was the best. We also have the Next Man Up Award, the, the next guy 
to talk about. And then we also have what's called the master lock of the night, which, you know, Chris, the masterpiece masters is somebody who's on our shows frequently. So we talk about whatever was the most annoying thing from the game that we would have put in Chris masters finishing hold. So we typically, <laughs> we I typically start the night off with the 360 award. So out of the Lakers, three guys out of LeBron, out of Russell Westbrook, out of Anthony Davis, from your outside perspective, who did you think had the best night? And I'm sure the chat will fire off as well and let us know who they think. LeBron. I, I think it was LeBron. I, I know AD scored more points, but LeBron, he, it, when he's got that jumper going, uh, it, it's tough. He, he becomes almost unstoppable. So I think, uh, you know, LeBron was the best guy of that group. Now he only got to the free throw line once. Uh, I think it was on an and one, and I believe he missed the free throw, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I, it was easily him because i also thought he was one of the few guys who kind of brought it defensively i thought he actually made some pretty nice defensive plays i thought he was competitive on that and i just didn't think ad really showed up defensively schroeder drove him straight mm -hmm. to the cup multiple times and i said this on twitter and i got some people push back on it i think ad is arguably the best weak side defender in the nba because he just comes from mm -hmm. nowhere to clean up messes and mistakes and everything else but if you can attack him straight on by driving right at him, you take him out of the initial play. And the Lakers just don't have a lot of backside yeah. rebounding. I know we talked about that this morning on front office show, that that's a concern if you're going to play small the way they are, that that if AD is kind of the, the main defender, how who's cleaning up the boards. And and I think that that's a little bit of, a, of an issue for them right now. So I would go to LeBron. Yeah, I, I agree. I would also go with LeBron James in this one. Uh, Anthony Davis, it's another one where you look at his stat line, 31 points, six boards, three blocks. And you go, wow, that's that's not a bad night. But it's kind of similar to this last game that they had against the Milwaukee Bucks where AD's stat line didn't look bad. But defensively, he got eaten up by Giannis. And tonight, yeah. we saw similar things where he just, there's something off there with AD. Again, he did, you know, you look at his stats, 31 points. That's great. But there just was something missing on the defensive end of the floor. And we could say that for all the Lakers, but that's the reason why, despite sure. dropping 31, I'm not going to go with Anthony Davis. I'm going to go with LeBron again, 10 for 16. I thought he started the game off very active on the defensive end of the floor. Really liked what we saw there. That did kind of wane a little bit as the game went on, but uh, I thought we were going to get a pretty solid performance out of LeBron. We got an okay performance from him, but uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen yep. next from here. Because I was really thinking last game, okay, Anthony Davis is going to be fired up to go up against Giannis. This is going to be one of those step-up moments for him. And he just kind of went, no, no thanks. And then we kind of saw the same yeah. thing here in this one. And that's certainly certainly a concern. Yeah, I think with AD, I think the issue I had with him offensively is, I mean, 31 points is great, but... Do you remember like feeling one of those? Like I don't from the other side. Like I don't ever remember one of those. Like oh man, right. that play right there. That was the play. Like and that that's that can happen sometimes. Now I'd probably be like, man, AD kind of killed him softly if if the game went the other way, um, which is is fine too. That happens sometimes. Some guys are that kind of score. But yeah, he, LeBron made more plays where I think you felt you felt him. You knew he was out there, and of course. As a Celtics guy, I am more dialed into being hurt by sure. LeBron James <laughs> than anybody else on this Lakers team. So, of course, uh, you know, there was I tweeted at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Now the Celtics have to survive the scariest thing in sports, fourth quarter of LeBron, LeBron James. 
And that is, uh, you know, that that's just because we, we've been there. I, I think I actually mm-hmm. texted you. Uh, I think Boston was up by 12 and you're like, all right, well, this yeah. is done or whatever it was you said. And I was like, I don't know, man, I've seen this LeBron story before. So it, it does get a little, little uh, nerve wracking at times when you're on the other side of it. But yeah, I, it, and it was hard for me. I, I had a couple people in my mentions like if LeBron's going to play, he needs mm-hmm. to do this and this and that. And it's like, whoa, whoa, like let's you know chill this guy just got back it's you know we we don't want to be going nuts you know on a dude who just made his return after what two three weeks uh, out of the line yeah exactly and that's where you know maybe there was the expectations were too high for him but uh and we'll talk a little bit about taylor horton tucker as well because i felt like lebron coming back sort of got you a much lesser version of taylor horton tucker so lebron coming back didn't give you the boost that you were expecting because you got a much lesser THT game. Uh, speaking of which, the monks away from YouTube said, Hey, Trev, I don't think Russ and THT at the same time is a good fit. Both have similar game gameplay when one has the ball, the other one is stagnant. Um, to a degree, I think just talent wise, the Lakers put him, kept him in the starting lineup because in terms of just who's the most talented players on the team, they put those five guys in there plus Avery Bradley. I mean, and Taylor Horton Tucker has been phenomenal. I think in a nutshell, if you're looking at everything, yeah, if if the Lakers had the luxury of saying this skill set fits here and this skill set here and this, mm-hmm. then yes, ideally THT and Russ wouldn't be on the floor at the same time. But who else are you putting in for him? Like who's going to be in the starting lineup in place of THT that's going to make everything really click? If it's Wayne Ellington, is he you know is he just going to get lit up on the defensive end of the floor? I think you're just kind of playing whack a mole if you were to remove THT, even though it might be ideal to separate him and and, and uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I agree with you. I I also get where they're coming from because I think there was a with that starting group especially, that's a real lack of spacing. Yeah. Uh, you know, AD can step out, but if you're a defense, you'd rather bend your defense to let AD take jump shots from deep mm-hmm. than let him get into the mid range or, or, of course, let him get to the rim. Uh, same thing with the. Bradley is, is straight spot ups, or if you're going to run something for him. Mm-hmm. And when you have James Davis and Westbrook out there, you're not running plays for Avery Bradley. It's just not going to happen. So I kind of get it where it's coming from. But on the flip side, I think THT can be that ball mover connector kind of guy. Yeah. He can kind of keep things popping around. He had that one nice assist early in the game where Grant Williams apparently went on vacation right. for about and five seconds. Cut. I don't know what the hell happened on that play. Yeah. And LeBron back cut. How, how you. What I just sorry, uh, I know it's the Lakers no, no, show. No, 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 you're right. Of, of all the people to of all LeBron. the people to forget about, like yeah. <laughs> it's LeBron. Yeah. Like that's that's the one guy yeah, that you don't forget about. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Either make the pass hard or Horton Tar. I made that pass from the mid post. Come on now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's I, and I gotta believe that's probably still Trevor Ariza's spot eventually. Yes. Um, in the lineup, you know, that I think that's where that goes. Maybe Bradley slides out then and Horton Tucker moves to the two. You know, we'll see. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I think your point was, which I agree with you is, I don't know where else you go. I'm not sure what else you want to play there. Cause is it Baysmore? I don't He's think been so. Out of the it's, it's probably not mellow. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just not sure where you would go. Uh, Carlos Sion from YouTube, the Super Chat, says, AD starts off every game strong, but then settles for jumpers the rest of the way. Most of his points are coming out of the paint or come in the first quarter when he stops being aggressive. Yeah, I mean, AD statistically has actually taken more shots at the rim this season than he has in previous seasons. 
but I think we're just seeing him play with a lot less force out there. He's not, he's not really, he's not bending the game to his will. We're not seeing him really take over and just, and just dominate. We're just seeing Anthony Davis kind of coast through certain periods. And again, it's not, it would be disingenuous to say AD is coasting. It's the team. The entire team has this on off switch that just flips off in an instant. And then they're, Don, Don. And really, you know, we have some other things that we need to get into, but this was my biggest concern. As much as the X's and O's are concerned and all of that, it really felt like the Lakers kind of quit. And I hate to use that word, but they yeah. really did. Uh, the third quarter, there was just no energy. And that's something we've seen in the third quarter for most of the season. The third quarter has been awful. They are one of, they may, they may have dropped to being the worst third quarter team in the league this game. They were 29th before. We'll have to check the stats. But um, they have been really struggling in the third quarter, and they're just kind of lifeless. You see them going through the motions a lot, not really putting in the extra effort. And that's where I'm not sure exactly what that's going to lead to. Well, no, I know what that's probably going to lead to. That probably is going to be the first thing that you change in that type of situation is the coach. Um, We're probably heading down that path, and I can't say this is like all Vogel's fault. There's certainly some X's and O's things that are weird and wonky. And there's some things that um, don't look right in terms of the, the rotations and, you know, some nonsensical lineups and things of that nature. But we're almost at a point with the Lakers. And I don't think they're here quite yet, but where the front office might not have a choice if only to try to shock the team and see if that can get them to, God, I hate that I have to say this, like get them to try. Yeah, I think you, you – and I apologize, but I think you just got another uh, uh, um, super yep. chat here that says um, uh, Hulk smash. Hulk smash. Oh, that's funny. That made me laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Break this team up and fire Vogel. <laughs> team makes me sick to my stomach. The defense is atrocious, and this team is old. I, I mean, if, if you are – like, if you're in the, in the Lakers spot and you're seeing some clear, clear problems on defense, some clear problems rebounding the basketball, some of that is personnel. But – how lethargic they've been and how much there's just this sense when you watch them play that they don't really care that much when things start to go poorly. And that may not be the case, right? But body language suggests that they don't, you just don't really see them respond. And so if you're an organization before you're going to start moving players, if you've got a coach that only has one more year on their contract, you're going to, you're going to try that approach first is moving the coach. Yeah, I think your challenge is then who takes exactly. over. And that's and what we've been you, saying. You know, feel really good is going to fix this because otherwise you've kind of turned uh, Frank Vogel into the, the scapegoat exactly. here. But it's, we all, yeah, I don't, Frank Vogel won a championship, yep. 100%, right? That, that happened. At, you know, I don't believe in this whole, you know, I was the bubble, no. all that's a nope. It, that was, you know, this was it. So I think that was the, uh, you know, Frank Vogel won a title there. So I think the um, the reality is with this is how do you how do I put this? You're the grass isn't always greener. That papered over. Right. Yeah. And it, but it also papered over some of his flaws as a coach because his Indiana team struggled mm-hmm. with the same kind of stuff every year at the end of the year and those kind of things. And then, uh, you know, his magic teams were, were bad. Now that's, you know, not anything. That team was, you know, flawed from the jump, 
But yeah, it is uh it's a, a trick tricky spot to to be in. And I, I just I don't know, I go back to, you know, and I'm I'm not trying to feed the the chat here, <laughs> but the Westbrook decision, everything that we said could go poorly with that has kind of gone yeah. that way. It just the the offense was just so bad with him out there today, unless it was really running it at Boston in transition, which even that slowed down in the second half. They they weren't playing as fast. The Lakers aren't. We talked about it this pace. morning. Yep. They're second in the league in pace. And they slowed down in the second half because they were getting killed so bad on the other end yeah. of the floor. And I was like, all right, well, we've got to slow this down to get under control. And at that point, now you're you're out of your game on both ends. And now that becomes a real mess. So yeah, I am uh I I just don't know. I I don't the hard thing is there's no easy fixes exactly here to fix yeah. this. I think you're probably right. I, I think you know does Vogel go? Yeah, I mean, maybe that is your, your as you said, kind of shock the team into to playing well and you get that bounce. The last thing I will say, and I'm, I promise I'm not being a uh, whole, uh, you know, uh, apologist here for anybody, but the Heat were 10 and 10 their first year that they came sure. together. And then they were, you know, then then they made it to the finals that year. They did not win the finals that year, but but they did make it. Yeah, you've got another one of those super chats rolling. I think it's actually a good question. Could AD simply be hurt? So that that question that you saw, um, uh, that's one. We've no, got a few. I, I saw... grab them as they come in. But there's a, a super chat that came uh, in. I got it. Okay. All right. Well, you know how they work better than I do. I apologize. I'll stay. Out no, of no. You're you're good. You're good. Um, <laughs> there was one who said who said could AD, AD simply be hurt? There's nothing on the injury report to such, suggest he's hurt. Aside from uh, yeah. just a, a hip contusion, nothing serious that would really bug him. But the question coming in: thoughts about bringing Westbrook off the bench? Our championship year, we had no starting point guard aside from LeBron James. Yeah, that was the the plan, the championship year, was they had Danny Green and Avery Bradley as their starting backcourt for the regular season. And then once they went into the bubble, it was uh, it was KCP. So you had two 3 and D guards, essentially, wing defenders, that you put in to your starting lineup, along with LeBron, who was the, the point guard, if we want to look at him that way, in that lineup. And now you've got what the Lakers tried to do last year with Dennis Schroeder, and now trying to do this year with, with Westbrook and have just a, a more traditional point guard in there, a guy who's going to need the ball a bit. Keith, I mean, and again, I think you're right. Vogel is not the, it's it's not like you can point at Vogel and say it's all on him because it's not definitely. Sure. Uh, is bringing Westbrook off the bench in your mind, even possible? Is that even like a bridge that they can yeah. even cross? Because that's, that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, that's what you're running the risk of there is it all falls apart. You you bring him off the bench, he's not happy. Then that turns into him really becoming a mess at $44 million on your bench and $47 million right. next year. Uh, now, can you trade trade him? That's even hard, too. Uh, we, we now no one's untradeable or certainly Russ because he's been traded multiple times on the same contract, but yeah, it's it, putting him on the bench. I, I don't know, man. I feel like that is tough. What maybe you do though, is pull him quick, pull him, you know, four minutes into the first quarter, then bring him back when, when LeBron and mm -hmm. AD go to the bench and just let him, let him do his thing on second units because we've seen that work. Like look at Derek Rose, yep. for example, he, 
Derek Rose isn't making $44 million, so it makes it <laughs> slightly right. easier to to sell that to him. But he is you you bring him in and you bring him uh you know let him let him go. You know, let him go to work on second units and go that direction um there. But but putting him straight on the bench to start games, boy, that's uh that's tough. Cause if if Vogel's still in charge and does that and it doesn't work, he's out. Get, get him out of yeah. then 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 it's all gonna go. Yeah, and I've got so I've got some people saying, "Oh, you know, Trevor, you're just a, a Vogel fan and things like that." I would just uh, <laughs> you were the one who just I know I was just the one saying, "Hey, <laughs> in order to shock the team, you might need to need to get him out of there just to just to kind of see if that if that does anything to wake the team up." Because I think your next your next step after that is getting rid of players. Right. I mean, if, if things are, are falling apart yeah. that quickly, your next step would be getting rid of, of players and just walking through the process. That's probably where you go first. I just don't think you can point to Vogel and say it's all on him. So what I wouldn't want to see Lakers fans do is Vogel gets gets the axe and everybody just celebrates and says, oh, our problems are gone. No, <laughs> this is this is a lot more than Frank Vogel's rotations or the defense not looking good. Remember, I mean, the Lakers, Rob Palenka said it said, we know we didn't get good individual defenders historically, but we've got a good defensive coach and we trust him to kind of figure that out. You gave him a bunch of poor defenders and said, well, you're a good defensive coach. (laughs) Figure out some way to to make it work and turn it into a good defense. I mean, that's that's a tall ask. Now, has the defense been even worse than you would have thought? Yeah, I mean, especially tonight, we saw it. But still, um, this is not all on Vogel, but he's not blameless either. I think that's a, a fair way to look at it. I, agreed. I, I, I would l- let me uh, launch into my oh, Patriot fandom here for a second. There was a period of time where now it's the same guy who's picking the players and, and coaching the players, but Belichick, the GM stopped giving Belichick to coach good defensive players. And guess what? The defense sucked for a whole bunch of years in a row and they didn't win a Super Bowl for a decade. And then they finally got back to winning Super Bowls again. So that is a, uh, you know, really, um, you know, just, yeah, it becomes really hard. You, you have to, he's not a magician. He can only work with mm-hmm. what he's got. Now you can coach up a few bad guys and put them in positions to succeed. I mean, that was one of Brad Stevens, maybe biggest successes was he built a top defensive team in the NBA with Isaiah Thomas as a starting point guard for yeah. several years in a row. And they were still one of the best defensive teams in the league. So I think it is a um, you know situation there where it is, you can do it, but that's working around one, two, maybe three guys, not yeah. 10, you know, guys who, who are poor defenders. And some of the guys who are supposedly supposed to still bring some defense, like Dwight, DeAndre Jordan, Avery Bradley, they, yeah. they just don't have it anymore. It's just not, not, not. Um, I've got a super chat here from Damian Warden who said, Hey guys, love both shows and tune in every day from Australia. Awesome. Always love our international fans that come in. So we oh, really do man. appreciate you tuning in. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about Mark Jackson as the new Lakers coach? If not him, then who? Keith, I, I do get this quite a bit. I get a lot of fans that are clamoring for Mark Jackson to go coach again. I I feel like from the NBA perspective, there's a, there's a reason why he hasn't gotten another head coaching job in the NBA. Um, yeah. And people tend to associate him with how great the Warriors were and think that part of that magic was him. And I don't think you can completely rob him of any credit in that situation. 
but I don't think it's fair to assume sure. that getting him would suddenly turn whatever team he's on into that level Warriors squad again, or that or that that's kind of what he does. Like if that was really a thing around the NBA, he would have had another coaching job a long time ago. Yeah, I agree. There was a lot of weird yeah. stuff that went on. I mean, just Google it. Google, you know, weird Mark Jackson stories uh, from, you know, his time time there. And and now on the fair side, he's the one who got that yes. group to defend. He he gave them the, the defensive blueprint of if you defend, you can actually be pretty good. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not, that's not the direction I think I would go um, with that because there's been a million open jobs that he could have had and he's not even getting consideration for them right. really i also don't know if he even wants to at this point he may be content to just say i'm good to keep doing tv and do what i'm doing he clearly doesn't need the money he's made more than enough money as in his career as a player so yeah i, I don't know i don't think i would go go that direction um, let's get into the next man up award so <laughs> it took hey it took this long for somebody to to, to say keep it lakers uh, <laughs> sorry i thought that that was lakers related night. i i think so i i'm pretty sure it was but in any event um let's get into the next man up award so out of the other guys on the team and you know what really we should do these like obviously jason tatum would have got the the star of the night ward for the celtics but why don't we do that and who is the who is the next man up for the celtics tonight for your for uh for your squad uh marcus schroeder the, the I guess, two of them is, really is combined the i would want to yeah i mean they were they were both you know yeah. really good uh you know it was a 22 8 and 6 for smart 21 6 and 6 for schroeder they, they were both really really good uh for for the celtics it was you know they uh smart you it will do a celtics thing here for a second you know when he's going to have a good game, when he puts his butt in the post and goes at mm -hmm. somebody. And he did that three consecutive plays against yep. Malik Monk. And he got two baskets, and the other one resulted in a foul off a pass that he made. So that's when you, like, yep, you got good Marcus tonight. He's going to do his thing. And then Schroeder all night long just got wherever he wanted on the floor, either for, for layups or pull-ups. This was, uh, you know, the, the good Schroeder. Now he had a couple stupid turnovers, but... You gotta kind of take the good with the bad there um, on those ones, but yeah, well, I would go with those two guys on the Lakers side. I mean, we said LeBron, so I guess it's got to be AD. Uh, you know, I mean, they, well, they were it can't, it can't be one of the stars. It's got to uh, be a non-star level. Oh, it player. can't be yes. one of the stars. Okay, uh, then I guess it's uh, I know it's hard, um, right? I mean, I don't know. Car Carmelo <laughs> Anthony went three for four score. from three, so but yeah, he's all he's also I guess a maybe minus Mello sixteen. Or, uh, you you know I have a soft spot in my heart for mm -hmm. AB. That's that's my guy. So you know I mean he was kind of okay I guess ish um, in this one. But yeah, pro probably that's the, that's the night it was. We're kind of okay I guess. It gets you the next. Dwight Howard hit a three pointer. Maybe maybe it's maybe. Him. Oh man, <laughs> the Cantor Howard three point shootout to end this one. Uh, pretty much encapsulated yes, this game. Yes, it certainly did. Um, I agree. And you know we knew going in that. Dennis Schroeder was going to have this just lights out performance because he's annoying like that. And he's going to do that kind of thing. You knew when the Lakers were playing against him, he was, and he has no reason to be mad at the Lakers or anything like that, but players do this, right? He's the one who turned down 84 million, but play, players <laughs> yeah. do this, right? Whenever there's a, yeah, you're an, an imagined yeah. slight, right? There's going to be something that they yeah. take personally. 
And um, and so Dennis Schroeder certainly played with some passion in this one. Um, for me, I guess it's got to be Carmelo Anthony. 13 points, 3 of 4 shooting, but uh, not a lot to really pick here from here on the, the Lakers. Yeah, I would give uh, Melo the kind of the, that's maybe the uh, by default. Well, what do they call that? The lifetime achievement kind of kind of win, but the season achievement win because he's been so good yeah. all season long. I mean, he's been, you know, you anybody who watches front office show. If you don't, you should be. It's a great show. Um, if I do say so myself. But Trevor came back. I've been saying if it wasn't for Tyler Hero, Carmelo first six man of the year. I mean, he's been, yeah. been that good. I've got a super chat here coming in. Said uh, from Dan from YouTube. Said AD is nineteen percent from three. Worse now, why does he keep shooting those wasted possession uh, in timely spots? Only took three tonight, but still not helping anything. Why settle? Well, he was actually down to 14% earlier in the season, and then he made a few last game. I think ultimately, if the Lakers go forward with this Anthony Davis at center uh, lineup that they're running, you kind of have to have him shooting that shot. Otherwise, you give up some of the spacing if he just no longer shoots threes that you get out of having him out there at the five. Plus, you know, he's got a career of making more threes than this. So and when you look at it, you say, okay, he's 19%, but do you really think he's going to finish the season at 19%? Because if he just stops shooting threes, then yes, he's going to. But if you keep attempting them and yeah. you believe they will start dropping, and this is just more of a small sample size thing, it's just a cold streak shooting. Um, the only way you get out of that, the only way you raise that percentage is to keep shooting them. And I think the Lakers do need him to be able to knock those in, at least be a threat. He's not going to be Steph Curry from behind the arc or anything like that, but you just have to be a threat. And the only way he's going to prove himself as that is to shoot them when he's open. Yeah, in that opening group, if he's not going to take them, then who yeah. is? I mean, it, it, it's your your spacing is already pretty rough. You tell him not to take any, and once teams figure out, all right, he's not taking any, then your everything falls mm -hmm. apart. You know, they, they'd be even worse off than they look right now. Uh, another super chat said the team is light on wings or was light on wings last year, uh, and then they traded two wings, replacing them with the injury plagued Ariza. Poor roster construction. It's not all on Vogel. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that's that's part of the equation yeah. too. Essentially, when the Lakers went down the Westbrook path, Keith, you and I talked about this a bunch. When they made the decision, okay, we're going to yep. go for Westbrook. That meant most of the rest of the roster was going to be better minimum guys. And I think on talent, they did just fine with the guys that they added yeah. on veteran minimums. Like just in a vacuum, in terms of the talent they got on veteran minimums, they got some pretty talented players. The question was always the fit. Can you get these guys to play defense? Can you get these guys to do the things that you need them to do in order to win games? And so far, while the value of a lot of the players has been good, I mean, Malik Monk on a veteran minimum, like that's a pretty solid gamble to take. But sure. so far the fit and the size issues have been more than what the talent can make up for. Yeah, and, and, and it's hard because you start, if you want to really do a whole thing where you want to comb through who else signed minimum contracts? It, it gets kind of tricky, right? Because it's it's a lot of guys who are either didn't make teams out of camp, or they are not on or they're at the end of rotations right now. A guy who definitely could have helped them that sign for a minimum, someone like Shemi Ojale, uh, you know, just because he he can defend a little bit there. Theory he can hit a shot or two. That that's very much an in theory thing. <laughs> he, he was over seven when the Lakers played the Bucks a couple of nights ago. <laughs> yeah he that's why I said yes and that, but that's why he's a bare um, minimum but guy. like exactly but Nemanja Bielita yes. 
uh, Otto Porter yep. Jr., uh, who those ones stink because you lost them to to the Warriors. And I'm not even saying they were in on all right. these guys, of course, either. But yeah, it's just it. There's not a bunch of guys who super jump out. Somebody who they definitely probably could have stole for a minimum um, that I think would have helped them. And now he's on a two way on Houston. This guy like Garrison Matthews, yeah. that guy can, can he can shoot can shoot the ball like, like that. You know, yeah, at least they, you've got something there. But yeah, it's it's when you're living on the minimum, you're you're there. Now, on the plus side, if they're not working out, you you cut them, move on, and go on to the next guy. It's but there's not like there's a ton of great guys just kind of sitting there on no. the market that um you know would, would jump right in and, and help this team. I do wonder if a guy, somebody I've been thinking about that could maybe help this team is someone like Tyler Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, might be able to come in and give them some backup ball handler minutes because their their backup ball handlers are a little shaky. Um, you know, when that that when Russ comes off the floor, there was the Celtics went to a point in this game where it was they were uh, pressing up and and their whole goal was force it out of Russ's hands and make Avery mm-hmm. Bradley your ball handler. One, it takes him almost the whole uh, right up to the violation line to get it across. And then he gets real messy, you know, just getting your offense. That's out. not He's what he just is. Not a yeah. point guard. Celtics know that better than than anybody else. Yeah, he he can defend point guards, but offensively he's not going to do that. So yeah, I I don't know where the easy uh, help help is there. Like I don't know where you go and find. Uh, that. Arlen Files from YouTube said, "Love the show. I need a Lakers Nation license plate holder in New Jersey. Got to rep the hometown, even if we suck." Going second round of the playoffs, no problem. You are the next man up. Uh, Arlen, I am out of Lakers Nation license plate frames. When we get more, when we make up more, uh, we'll start doing those again. But uh, I am out of them at the moment, unfortunately. But it's it has been a while since we've had those to pass out. We are out of them right now. Uh, Jared Chalker from YouTube said, Rob Polinka needs to go. Got rid of our defense. Um, I You know... We talk about the blame, some of the blames on Vogel, some of the blames on the players, some of the blames on the Lakers front office. Plenty of it to go around. Uh, Marco Polo Corleone said, honestly, the Lakers lack size. We got got sold too many undersized guards. League is going away from this, i.e. the Golden State Warriors, the Suns. Kerr took the 90s Bulls length idea. Um... I think that's something that we've seen played out. You know, you mentioned the offensive glass, Keith. The Lakers at most of the non-big positions. So whether, like Dwight, AD, to a degree, DeAndre Jordan, those guys have size. And LeBron certainly has size when he's playing power forward. But the Lakers are primarily at a size disadvantage at every other position. And we've seen that lead to a lot of offensive rebounds. It also matters when you're closing out. When you're closing out with a smaller player, uh, we saw Malik Monk get switched on to bigger players consistently because the Celtics were switch hunting and people would just shoot over him. Jason Tatum was shooting over him. So the lack yep. of size is tough and it's also very much an anti-Vogel thing. Frank Vogel wants a lineup full of guys that are like 6'8 and they can all switch and they can all have these yep. long arms so that when he does blitz a pick and roll, he's got a four on three situation that the defense can still handle because you've got guys that are one, two step closeout to the ball instead of four little choppy steps because they're six feet tall. Yeah. I think this roster was built with a couple things in, in the thought process was that they would get more out of Dwight Howard uh-huh. and Deandre Jordan. So you, you would slide everybody else down a position and you would have that kind of at least to begin halves. You'd have that big lineup 
that could kind of set the tone defensively. Clearly, they thought Trevor Ariza, uh, and he may still prove to be, but they thought he was going to be a bigger part of this. And I think they thought they would ultimately get more out of Kent Bazemore, which is why I believe yep. he started uh, to open the season uh, so much and you know, just didn't really show that he had all that much left. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of your challenge point here is – the guys who you needed to be your defensive players, you just don't have them playing right now, or they haven't played well enough to to be on the floor. I mean, DeAndre Jordan at this point is that's just kind of almost wasted minutes uh, whenever he gets out there. I feel like I don't feel like he contributes no. much at all. And then th- this one was a little harder for for Dwight Howard to make an impact because. Uh, once they they got into catch up mode in the second half, you needed to put put uh, anybody else in there, so that that got real real messy on that end. But yeah, it's I just don't think the roster is playing the way I think they're playing their idealized closing lineups in all of the key moments of the game, including from tip off forward, and that's not where right. you really want to be. Yep. And that's certainly a problem <laughs> moving forward. Uh, Sager Tawari from YouTube said, if this thing falls apart near the trade deadline and Kyrie is still not back, would it make sense to flip Westbrook for Kyrie? No, I mean, the no. Nets aren't going to do that. So it doesn't matter if the Lakers would want to, the Nets no. aren't going to do that. Yeah, yeah Westbrook doesn't solve any the of the Nets problems. Could even, I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, it doesn't solve any of the issues for, for the Nets. Oh, I like this one. I don't even know if, 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 if Kyrie can play in L, even in LA, in LA yeah, too. I don't know. Is that, yeah, so I mean that's a whole other story. Sorry, no, somebody said. You. Somebody said I blame you, Trevor. It's on me. I think I deserve some of the blame too. Apparently, yeah. Uh, I say that whenever the front office show is later, we don't record it. Just, so just blame, blame Trevor. Just blame, that's, blame me. That's what I say too. It's usually on me, <laughs> but I blame you. <laughs> that's all right. I don't mind. <laughs> that sounds like the strategy in the Smith house is blame, blame just me blame for some, everything. That's a, uh, just that blame somebody else. It's the way to do it. Um, to be fair. So I've got a yeah. super chat here said to be fair, the warriors are super small, but they are team rebounding and they've got the top defense. The Lakers just don't want it as bad. Sucks to see. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's the part that bothers me the most. And we've talked about this already a few times on the show is just the lack of effort. I don't want to sound like By- Byron Scott. I don't want to say, oh, everybody's just got to man up and then cross my arms, stand on the sideline. Um, that's not I, I feel like that's too easy of an answer to go to. And it's dismissive of everything else that, that is a challenge right now. Yeah. But I think it's also. Cl- Sorry. It- what? <laughs> What you're saying is not funny, but this person said you trade Russ for a russet potato. <laughs> and that kind of that 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 got me. <laughs> I mean, that's just it's also eleven o'clock here on the East Coast. I've been uh, I was up very early this morning, so I'm starting to uh I'm getting a little bit well, loose, but yeah. We're almost uh, done. We still have to get to the master lock of the of the night. I've got a couple of super chats to get to. We're almost there. Hold on, Keith. Um, but uh I'm, I'm just good, to I'm just to finish my point there. Yeah, I mean we are seeing a lack of effort. We are seeing moments where they shut down, where they're not trying. And that's, that's my biggest concern right now. Uh, Mamba mentality from YouTube said, yeah, they, oh, no, go ahead. sorry. They just, they shouldn't get beat on the boards yeah. the way they do. Yeah. That shouldn't happen. There's, you know, it's, but no, it's, it's different with, with LeBron 
back maybe that'll get cleaned up a little bit but yeah there's no reason they they, they should be getting beat like this on the boards uh mamba mentality said i believe the lakers need some games where they don't care about the outcome i, I think we saw that tonight <laughs> and just pack the paint pack the paint with the whole team send the message to the league have the opponent try to shoot a high percentage and beat you from the outside I mean, if you just don't defend the three-point line, like, I get it. It's frustrating seeing teams hit layup after layup after layup. But go watch NBA teams in warm-ups and see what these guys shoot unguarded. Like, what percentage do you think they yeah. hit when they're unguarded? Um, I mean, Steve Kerr has talked about this before. Like, he was no always known as a shooter, but he played in an era where three-point shooting wasn't nearly what it is now. And I remember comments from him about, like, in practice and stuff, he's well over 50% from three unguarded. So if you just completely pack the paint and say, you know what, we're yeah. just going to make sure you don't get layups. You're, I mean, it's going to be death from behind the arc. And that hasn't been Frank Vogel's defensive scheme either. Yeah, I know they've, they've tried working in some they, zone they tonight when they did it, there was always at least one guy out there who, didn't seem to know uh twice it was mellow mm -hmm. in the second half um he fought he was i think supposed to be one of the low corner men on the block and he uh, followed his guy i think it was grant williams followed him all the way through when williams kind of came up to screen against the zone and that left that side completely yeah. wide open uh so i think think that's part of it but yeah i, I do think you could do something there because that's where you could get away with some some of the other guys and and it's it's a it's it's weird to see with um, with Russ, just he, he, I think people are realizing now he's not as good of a rebounder as maybe the numbers always looked because on the Thunder especially, it was set up for Steven Adams to block everybody out and multiple times. Adams would, balls he could have got, he just let fall that Russ grabbed yeah. and off he went. So I think we're starting to see a little bit uh, – there with that and it was it was interesting I had, I had uh you know i think the crossover from doing front office show with you i've got a you know decent amount of lakers fans in my mentions especially on a night like tonight and there was a lot of we spent 44 million on this guy and the celtics have Schroeder right. for six and it was it's not a super fair comparison because it's not like the lakers were getting Schroeder for right. six that was never going to happen but I mean, yeah, there is some some truth to that. I, I just, you know, and then it's I know it's tough when you have Kuzma, KCP, and Harrow killing it yep. for the Wizards, and you know, them one of the better teams to to open the season. That's it's just when you put three monster contracts like this, it just becomes really really hard to to build out the rest of your roster, and you got to kind of nail all the rest of those. And what the Lakers didn't have was four or five guys on rookie scale contracts that kind of made up the difference there. It's, it's just my biggest thing is it's hard to see where the internal improvement comes right. from um, for this group, because it's not like there's a whole bunch of guys that I think are going to all of a sudden play much, much better down the stretch. I think certain oh, yeah. parts things will, can, I think things will, can AD yeah. will shoot better. Yeah, of course. You know, LeBron, I don't think will be hurt for the rest of the year. Like he missed a whole bunch of time here. But yeah, it's 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 definitely uh, Lords of the Sky from YouTube said we need to go on one of those 10 game win streaks. It's the only way I can start having confidence in this team. You know, I understand that. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, the comparison that I've got here is so I, I'm going to watch the Lakers games no matter what, no matter what. And I know there's a lot of people who are now saying 
I, I can't even bear to watch this, right? I'm, I'm just, I'm tuning out. I can't watch this anymore. And I understand the frustration. Wait, are you talking about Lakers games or Celtics games and the people in my mentions? <laughs> right, the it's, it's the same, season. right? Because it's been the people, same People thing. tune out. And yeah. I understand why there'd be that frustration because you can't trust what you're going to see. You're walking into it not knowing, are they going to really play with energy and effort tonight or are they not? Um, I had the same experience with the LA Galaxy this season. I mean, I know there's probably not a lot of MLS soccer fans in our chat, but the LA Galaxy started the season off hot, looked really good. I was fired up about them. And then they just kept finding ways to blow games, including the final game of the season. They were in a win and you're in the playoff situation and they tied. Um, they just had this air about them. And even me as more of a fall in the line of a casual fan for the Galaxy, I found where... If I had something going on, I wasn't as worried about taping the game or, or making sure I could watch the game later. Taping, I guess, isn't really a thing anymore. But uh, I wasn't worried about catching the game because I knew there's a pretty good chance that they were going to let me down. And so I can understand why Lakers fans would feel this way. But at the same time, when you endure and you persevere through stuff like this, and then eventually you get the good performances, they tend to feel better, even if it's not that season. I mean, look, I've said it before. We've been through 17 win seasons where the, the hope is pray Brandon Ingram turns into something and so the Lakers can bounce back. This isn't fun to watch. There's no question. But this isn't the worst we've seen either. Yeah, I say all the time to Celtics fans, you weren't around for the Patino years and it shows <laughs> because those were just, you know, that was as bad as it's ever been. Uh, as someone who's followed the Celtics since I was a you know little kid in, in Massachusetts in the 80s, it was, uh, you know, there. So, yeah, <laughs> somebody who's multiple times said trade Russ for me. Uh, yeah, then you want people to never watch again. Now, that's a good way to uh, pull, pull that off. Oh, yeah. You can probably set some screens. Uh, that's probably about the extent of it. Don't worry about the roll yeah. part. Just set yeah, the Yeah, my screen. release is a little too slow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> my, that box out a little bit. But Somebody but yeah. said, Russ for Wall, better shooter and passer, less turnovers. Why would the – we've talked about this before, Keith. Why would the Houston Rockets want – you know – why would they want to do that? They're not. They, they want to not play these. They already guys. did one. They already. They did already that. did that. Yeah. <laughs> they did that. Send them back. Forward. Yeah, they they wouldn't. Yeah, it's it's um, I don't know how you get out of this yeah. one. To to be quite honest, I mean, the only thing that kind of bounced around in my head today with the news that Colin Sexton's yeah. gonna miss the year, could you could you try to convince Cleveland to take Russ for Kevin Love and something? I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what that would, you know, Kevin Love and Ricky Rubio. I don't think Cleveland would do that. I think Cleveland's happy where they're at, but I don't know. Could, you know, it, that's at least a phone call I would make maybe and say, you know, Hey, yeah. what does it look like? But yeah, I mean, they don't have any picks to trade on the Lakers side. Like I just, they did. That one's tough. I don't know yeah, how you get out of it. They're, they're kind of, they're going to be, be stuck with this for, for a bit. And again, this is obviously we keep saying they, they keep having these losses where we keep saying that was the worst loss of the season. And then they have a worse one and things like that. And that gets, and of course that can get, uh, they can cause fans to get overly negative about a team. There will be better days though. Right. That's the thing about the NBA. There's always, oh, there's 100%. always tomorrow. Yeah. There's yeah, we are still very, very early right. into this thing. And I know it's been frustrating so far, but there are better days ahead. Uh, you got to believe that and keep and keep on keeping on.
let's finish yep. things up with the master lock of the night. Let's get into that one. So, Keith, from this game, what, who or what are you putting into the master lock? Like, what was the most annoying part of this game? Um, from a Lakers perspective, from either perspective, what, whatever. I. Well, it wasn't much. Yeah, I was gonna say you probably don't have much to pick like, there. Yeah, Schroeder's turnovers. Though those will be the death of me having to watch those. Um, yeah, that was it from that side. I would say from the Lakers' perspective, was just the the complete inability to yeah. wall off the paint. You know, fifty six points in the paint for for a Celtics team that played without Jalen Brown and without Robert Williams. That's that's bad. That that would I guess be the thing that annoyed me. It would annoy me most as a Lakers yeah. fan. Yep. Um, that is certainly an annoyance. And I'm going to go back to what I've been saying all show, uh, the effort. I think the effort, I don't know. I don't know if you can master lock effort. If there's a way to do that, to master lock a concept like that. But if there's some way to figure it out, I think that's absolutely what it should be. Because we didn't see that kind of hustle that you need in order to win games in the, in the NBA. So we'll see if the Lakers can find that. Uh, somebody said Monk and Mello on defense are barbecue chicken for other teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Celtics knew that. That's why they went right after them time and time again. And another person said, Trevor, dare I say Ben for Westbrook? The 76ers aren't doing that. Yeah, nope. they're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's the problem with Westbrook right now. It's uh, it's not the 44 million this year. It's the 47 yeah. next. That's where the issue comes in. Now, could they they can move him in the offseason. Because then that's forty-seven million expiring. Um, but yeah, forty the uh, forty-four this year, whatever. But forty-seven next year, taking on the rest of this year and that forty-seven on your books next year. Mm -mm. Yeah, it, that's tough. I mean, that's what that's why I say Cleveland because Kevin Love. That's you know twenty-eight million of bad money next season too. So you know if you're the uh, what you call if you're the Cavs, you're taking on some money next year, but. I don't know that that's that's kind of the only one that even makes remote sense yeah. to me. But yeah, no, Philly's not doing that. Darren Moore did did that once, and I don't even think he really no. wanted to. So that's you know, and then then they left, and you know they they couldn't move move on you know fast enough. So yeah, not not, not happening. Yeah, I don't know. No All right, everybody. Yeah. Well, certainly a, a rough night from the Lakers' perspective. The Celtics picked things up, and they they broke out of a, of a funk tonight against the Lakers. But from the Lakers' perspective, certainly a rough night. Lakers fans, Lakers nation. Uh, I know it's been a difficult stretch throughout the season, but hang in there. Again, there will be better days. Uh, the big concern is the effort on my part. Hopefully, or at least from my perspective, I'm hoping that we will see better in the future here. But uh, we're just going to have to stick it out and see what happens with this team moving forward and what changes. I am curious to see what comes out of the post game in terms of how the team responds and what, what's being said now. So that's something that we'll be uh, keeping an eye out for. The Lakers do move on. The road trip is going to travel on. I think they head over to Detroit to take on the Pistons next. We'll see if they can get the job done in that one. <laughs> Lose that one and you got all oh, well, sorts they've of already done it twice against OKC and against the Wolves. So I know fans are going to head into that one pretty apprehensive about whether or not they can get it done. But again, that should should be a win, but can't count any of those at, at this point in the season. We'll see if the Lakers can put things back on track. Keith, man, thanks for thanks so much for coming on here. I appreciate it and uh and uh it was it was great getting to go through hey. through uh through things with you. Yeah, we do this again in a few weeks That's in, right. in L.A. this time. Uh, yeah, I, I don't 
think that I don't like that, that they're already playing both yeah. their games this early in the season. I, you know, I, I like when they come a little bit later, but you know, yeah, we'll do it again in a few weeks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. If it makes anybody feel any better, uh, Celtics are at 500 and their fans are absolutely convinced that tomorrow night at home against the thunder, they will fall back under 500 <laughs> again. So it's, so uh, it's not that, just you. Lakers that's fans. where we're, we're living in. <laughs> Yeah, and, and as we say all the time on front up front office show, and twenty eight other franchises yep. nod and laugh. So it's uh, you know, hey, that's that's what happens when, when you split split uh thirty four between you. Everybody else is just a little Absolutely. bit jealous. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. Follow Keith on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya.